Hello and welcome to Journey Through the Decacast, a Common Rider retrospective through the lens of Decade. I'm Shin Garrett, and I haven't said that in a while. I'm Evan, and it's been very, very cold. I thought you I thought that you said it last week. Oh, and I'm Chris anyway. Yeah, holy crap, it's been cold. Last week is a long time ago. <laughs> yes, um the plot of the the plot of the day after tomorrow happened except for reels. Kind of. And yeah. Man, so. I've seen that movie way too many times to count. My mom had a weird obsession with watching it multiple times despite not believing in global warming. I don't know. It's strange. Huh. I don't know. Um, anyway, this week is Kuga episode 8, which is episodes 25 through 28. It's... Right. This is a weird set of episodes. Upgrade form... I guess this the subtitle for this one that I make up is uh, Upgrade Form 2 Electric Boogaloo. You you can just title the episodes, Garrett. There's nothing saying you can't. Well, I usually have like some clever like subtitle when when I say what episodes we're watching. Like, oh, this was the Gorm arc, or this was the other one I used arc. I, I didn't have a coherent one for this one. The, yeah, this time, yeah, put the file as J T T capital D uh, upgrade forms to electric boogaloo. Yeah, no electric boogaloo. <laughs> Did I tell you that my current D&D campaign is called um, Ravnica Electric Boogaloo? No. Because <laughs> um, that's how creative we are as a group. That's okay. Um. Anyway, that that's not Kuga. We should talk about Kuga. Yes. Okay. So, episode 25 opens with... It's called Wandering. Yes, episode 25, Wandering. It opens up with, hey, it's Kanzaki-sensei. At, uh, I'm glad to see Kanzaki again. Yeah. He's a fun guy. I kind of liked him from last time we visited with him. And he is reading a student report by a kid named Hiraku Kirishima, who is going to be a very prominent figure for these next two episodes. Yeah. Yep. So, it's the, it's the, the assignment they had to do was essays about the future, and this is an elementary school student. I think, like, sixth grade? I think they say sixth grade, yeah. Yeah, I think he's a sixth grade elementary student. So, like, not... Not super old. No. Which is going to come into play later when with the things that happen. Um, but, so they're looking over, or Kirishima, I already forgot the sensei's name. Sensei's Just looking over. Sensei. The important points are, his essay sounds kind of depressed. He says in the essay, my place is gone, because apparently, like, the places he used to visit when he was younger have been replaced or something and at the end of his essay 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 at the end of his essay he wrote but to be honest i don't know anything but then he erased that part because he apparently wasn't comfortable being that open with the teachers but the impression of the uh writing was still there so yeah teachers were able to see it Yeah. yeah so kirishima is worried about this kid then we hit intro no fear no pain yeah get this ah i love how the intro has developed as the show has gone on although it's very interesting to see the separation between the new and the old footage with the new footage being significantly clearer and sharper 
I like that they always use that uh, one shot from episode two of Kuga standing up in the fiery church. The fiery church is a really good chat. Yeah. yeah, it's like one of the best shots they did. One of the best pieces of photography in the whole show. So and then, they like, use- um, episode episode 28, when we get to it, that just has like a completely new opening. Yep. Right. Visually, the song's still there because you can't replace that. Yeah. You have to have Cho Hinshin, Kamen Rider Kuga. You do. It's, it's like law. So we come back from the intro and we get to see the Garangi who I have no, I, I don't know where they are. They're underground somewhere and have place with three with like inch high water to make cool ripple effects. Yeah. And a bunch of spotlights all around. Mm hmm. Yeah. Other than that, you can see no details of the space other than the floating light orbs in the background and the water. Yeah. Yes, and we get the full lineup of all the go. I mean, maybe all of them? I get. I think that are probably... Well, I think all of them are going to fight. Maybe. Unless more show up who are even higher ranked. Who knows? Um, So I think, Chris, you were saying off air yesterday that that they don't look as trashy. Right. Like that they they uh for the go, they mostly look dignified and cool. They they look like cool characters instead of just ridiculous <laughs> prop department uh kitchen sink wrecks. <laughs> it, to be fair, I thought those guys also look cool. Well, they do, but in a very different way. It, like I got the impression with the first set of Garangi, it's their monster forms are their natural forms and they're imitating human forms and they don't a hundred percent get clothing because none of the Garangi when they're in monster forms like wear clothing other than maybe a scarf or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so they just, you know, put on things that seem kind of okay. And the Go being, I guess, either smarter or having been around longer, get it. And so, and care about being fashionable for some reason. I, I mean, you should really be styling with, with your with your murder game. I mean, uh, their whole thing is about like one upping each other constantly. Right. Oh, so. oh my god, we didn't talk about in this water area. The one guy just rides his motorcycle into it. Oh yeah, yeah. Common rider Garangi just rides in. We we identified him as cool guy in the previous <laughs> episodes. He also takes off his motorcycle helmet, and his afro is perfectly styled under it. Still, th- th- it's because he's cool. Yeah, he's the cool guy. In the end of this scene is uh, Rose Woman holding up the ring she had used to like unlock belts of all the previous Garangi, except right. now it has two prongs instead of just one. Right. And I guess that's important. It doesn't show up for the next three episodes, nope, I don't think. So. Not at all. I guess we need to file that one under maybe important at some point. Yeah. Rock artifact may be important. Maybe. Abacus guy is back. He's apparently like one of the main Garunki we're going to be seeing from now on. Yeah. Like so, Abacus guy. so Scarf guy has taken on the mantle of Abacus guy. Yes. He carries around the Abacus and keeps score. There's also a cool guy with like the, the tiny, like small round glasses. It's Garunki who... John Lennon. Yeah. Garunki yeah. John Lennon with a leather jacket. He's pretty cool. Isn't that, isn't that the one that, you fight, that Kuga fights this set, though? Yes, isn't he the owl is. guy? That's the owl. Yeah. 
Also, Bat Guy is there, but nobody seems to do anything about him or, like, tease him or taunt him or insult him like it has happened at every single other time he's shown up. He just kind of stands there smirking at people. Maybe they're just like, maybe if we leave him alone, he'll go away. (laughs) We tried hating him. We tried making fun of him. I don't know. Well, after Garangi, we go back to the elementary school where we get to meet Kirishima, who has gotten almost perfect marks on his report card, except for like one or two four. He just kind of slowly puts it away, feeling... Is a five the top grade? I believe five is top. Okay. I didn't know that. Neither did I. Also, it's been like a month since any um, Grungi have attacked. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's the end of the day, and uh, Sensei is handing out a basically a flyer saying, hey, you know, Watch out for unidentified life forms. It's, inf- it's good. Inf- you know, be careful. Kids. Yes. Don't go to Tokyo. You might be killed by evil monsters. Yeah, <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah, like pretty much exactly that. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's good advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, and then this kid's like, there's no more monsters there, right? Right, Sensei? They haven't been here for a month, so everything's fine, right? Right? Surely this isn't going to be the plot of some TV show episode, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, never mind. Okay, goodbye. Except Kazuhaya is like, hey, wait a minute. So, you know that essay you wrote? Was was there anything you wanted to add to that? You know, because you could talk to me if you want to. It looks like you wanted to write more, but you just kind of gave up. Right. Yep. I like that Sensei cares. Yeah. Yeah. He says, you look like you're worried about something. And the kid's just like, no, no, everything's fine. I'm not worried about anything. He just brushes him off. It's not fun. (laughs) No. I mean, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he, yeah, the kid just insists nothing's wrong, like kids do. You know. This kid has a level of ennui (laughs) that is ridiculous he he has serious ennui yeah now okay we're good we, we're not quite there yet but it seems like you guys were both on the feeling like this was like a midlife crisis sort of thing i thought this was new millennium like new millennium malaise i i don't know like i well it, no that's <sighs> kind of it's new millennium malaise on the sensei's side because they have a very intense like Later in the episode, they have a good long discussion of this man. These kids I think are that's so in the second today. episode, actually. Yeah, I think. Oh no, that is in the second episode. It, it spans. Okay, this is like uh, it's like one of those it's a two episode like, after uh, school special. Th- th- yeah, this is pretty much this is a two parter in like every sense of it. it it's a it's a night. It's one of the like a mid nineties uh, angsty teens hanging out in new york movie so that's the thing it stars a japanese 12 year old that's the thing like if it was an angsty teen i'd understand it more no but he's a japanese sixth grader 12 year old is that that's the dissonance that that i kind of have with it it's like i think it's weird for him as a sixth grader to be having this it is okay well a question garrett um Fully Cooly. Do, do you buy Nauto's Ennui and Fully Cooly? Because he's basically the same age. Chris, what if I've told you I've never actually watched Fully Cooly to completion? Okay, I'm going to say, what the fuck? What? 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 Okay. I've We're never seen uh, Fully Cooly uh, to completion. I've seen, like, I saw maybe, like, one episode on Toonami back in the day, and I've never just watched it. 
We can talk oh about God. it later. <laughs> Are you sure? It sounds like we want to talk about it now. You know, we're I'm, gonna get, I'm dragging this back on track. <laughs> I'm upset. I was making a connection that I just can't do now. I'm sorry that I killed your connection. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, when I was like researching Fully Coolie for something else, I listened to the commentary on it, and there was this whole discussion that the the director was uh, giving about how like around the time around like the turn of the you know the new millennium in japan there were like a lot of like doomsday cults going on in japan and you know people just had a very into the world sense going on sort of like how it was here in america but essentially like the next couple years after that they he was uh, presenting it as the people for the next couple of years felt like they had missed something important and like the world had changed, but nobody understood how. Huh. That makes sense. So like, like I, I think the issue with it is totally personal to myself. Like I'm, I, I like when Kuka does things like I generally like these sets of episodes, even if they don't necessarily hit a hundred percent because I like yeah. that they're trying and I thought these ones, I thought the first two here worked better than the next two. I actually thought this kid was kind of relatable, yeah. Well, we oh. are getting a bit ahead of ourselves, because we haven't even fully explained what the kid does to explain our reaction. <laughs> We've just kind of jumped into this conversation about the major episode without reaching all the points. That's true, that's true. So, so that's fine. the kid ignores the warning about don't go to Tokyo, because you might get killed by monsters, and instead spends a couple days wandering around Tokyo. <laughs> well... Okay, so and I, um, the place where his grandmother's place was is a parking lot. Looks just like the place from Persona Five. I guess we're it just totally going to completely skip over any type of semblance of cohesion <laughs> of the episode. Well, I, I, I didn't know Evan was such a stickler this week, but sure. <laughs> I wanted to talk about this kid and his ennui. Okay, yeah, I kind of want to talk about it too. We'll get there in a second. Okay. Gah. It's summer now, too, so everybody has summer outfits. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, after the kid leaves school, we get a short scene of Jonan where Kuga is just like, hey, you know, I think I have other upgrade forms. And then, Kuga's yes. like, yeah, I think my other forms can do this, too. Right. And then we go back to the kid who is getting on a train to go to Tokyo alone. Against the advice of everybody. No, you yeah. know what? Okay, fine. We'll talk about this fucking kid, and we'll just talk about the rest of the episode later. Okay. We'll do this in two halves. I, I mean, we, we kind of already do it. I know, but I've given up now. Okay, so we have two halves of this episode. Half of it is this 12-year-old kid having a, I'm going back to my hometown because I moved out because my parents moved, and everything's different. And I feel weird because I'm older now, that, and things are different from when I was a kid. This kid should be having this reaction in like twenty years, right? I I, I do kind of get that. <laughs> He's twelve. Then on the other hand, we have Kuga fighting this monster. Yeah, uh, which is a bird, dude. Okay, you know what? Here we'll go over Kuga real quick. <laughs> um, so relax, Evan. the monster. Relax. It's okay. It's okay, bud. <laughs> the monster in this so, episode is John Lennon Garangi. Yeah, John Lennon, Owlboy. And he, he kills people with, like, a blow dart gun thing? Yeah, yep. that imp impales people with a owl feather 
and then blocks arteries in their heart so they like have a heart attack and just die. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna talk about that one shot where like Abacus guys just walking down the middle of the street just counting the people that drop. Yeah, and there's a lot of them. It's yeah, no. Owl Dude is doing work. Real crazy work. And we get a couple shots of the police and Ichijo and everybody trying to figure it out and they clearly can't figure it out anything. I mean, there's been weeks since anything happened, but oh hey, now people are dying. It's yeah. terrible. There's also like the the subplot of um they can't they can't track the grungy in the sky anymore with with their fancy science waves. Yeah, because he doesn't emit like the hypersonic waves anymore. No, there. Well, it's I think it's the difference between flying with uh ac- wings with feathers and wings with a bat. Like bug wings. I, I don't think right. they were actually tracking the supersonic wings. I think they were tracking his echolocation. Well, oh, but they yeah, used it to um to track the the first bug monster that Kuga shot in green form. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, Hornet dude. Yeah. Also, the owl is too fast for cameras. Yes, but uh, and Kuga or Godai gets information from Ichijo about it just as he's returning to Pole Pole and returning like groceries. But he also gives owner and Nana <laughs> I want one belts that have Kuga symbols on them i want one could, could you actually buy this at some point because it is a good piece of merchandise maybe that's a good question like i'm not sure about before but i feel like i'm surprised this wasn't released in the recent um csm uh kuga driver belt um, oh yeah yeah because there it was just like maybe a month or so ago where the bandai premium um kuga driver has come out and have you ever talked about the csm collection on this podcast I no, because I don't know what it is. Okay, so the CSM or um, complete selection modification, I think I don't remember. It's CSM for short, but they're like they're premium Bandai items that Bandai has been doing recently, where they've been doing almost like two scale diecast versions of the Common Rider belts. Oh, that's that's really neat. pretty awesome. Are they like updates of older mer- pieces of merchandise, or are yes. they like all new? Well, stuff? they're all um, new too, because like they weren't diecast before. Now they're like they're doing diecast with them and stuff. Okay. So recently there was a a complete selection Kuga belt, and what it came with was it came with a replica of Ichijo's cell phone that had the voice samples from him on it. That's ridiculous. That's- very cool. Oh, no, no, no. Ridiculous is the newly announced CSM Blade Driver, where it comes with a little thing that projects the giant card that the rider would go through to complete the transformation sequence. That That's excessive, and I want it. <laughs> the other day when I was at, a, I was at one of the Think Geek stores in the mall here, and they actually had... Uh, a diecast version of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, tran- uh, yep. like transforming things that uh, looked really similar to a plastic version of it. I had as a kid. Yeah, I, I wonder. They've been doing that. Um, that's um, I think it's the Legacy Collection. It's called. Okay, so they're like similar projects. That's yeah, cool. that's um. I think that's. Oof. I don't know if that was Bandai or if that was. No, I think that's Bandai because then Hasbro now got the license and they're doing their own thing with it okay okay yeah, well that's cool uh yeah neat uh i need to go to your place in chicago sometime and actually see your collection of this shit <laughs> 
It's probably true. I yeah, I I do have a couple of the CSMs. I mostly have um I have the Fize and the Kaiser belts that they came out with. Cuz Fize is notably my favorite show. Well, with this belt after showing it off that we all now want to buy. <laughs> <laughs> uh Godai gets a call from Sensei basically telling him, "Hey, I have a student that I think went to Tokyo. Can you look for him? And Godai is, of course, like, yes. Yes, of course. Yeah, because Godai is a good guy. Yeah. He he is both a friend to children and would specifically do anything for Kirishima that he asked him to, I think. <gasps> and then we get That's a true. couple scenes of interst- more scenes of this kid going around and finding other things from his past that have changed. Yeah. My favorite thing isn't even until the next episode. Nope. And then we get... We'll talk about kid later. Uh... We get a scene of our owl Garagi flying around, killing more people. He's just kind of <laughs> killing people, watching them, and just kind of like, yes, and looking very smug. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at Atticus guy walking through, and he's got the scarf covering the bottom of his face, and his hair is covering his eyes. And- yeah, the... <laughs> I love this man so much. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but the Garonki in this episode and the next set, like, it felt like they were trying really hard to convince me that these are new, cooler Garonki, they're better yeah, at murder bit. and stuff. And I'm like, I kind of like the old ones better. Remember I mean, just a little bit fail. They, kinda... they are definitely better at murder. They're better at murder, but, like, that doesn't endear them to me. Nope. They don't have wacky theming. Nope. <laughs> I mean the the owl flies and uses darts. The yeah, owl guy. Okay, it, it is pretty badass how owl guy rips off his wing later. But you know, well that's about so, to come up. I think I think this actually does confirm that um that the go do use weapons because I think both of the ones we've seen so far uh, have used a weapon. That's true. And follow me with this logic. That means Kamen Rider Grungi's weapon is a motorcycle. <laughs> I know it won't be, but I want it to be the way that Dante is going to use his motorcycle <laughs> in Devil May Cry 5, where it just turns into a big pair of gauntlets. I know that's not going to be what it is. Uh, that sequence in Devil May Cry 3 where he uses a nun su- uh, motorcycle as like a nunchuck set is pretty awesome. It's good. De- Devil May Cry is cool, <laughs> because that's what it is trying to do. It is trying to be cool. Yeah, it's trying to be stylish <sighs> as hell. And it succeeds. Yeah. You generally, get- yes. Another quick scene of kids seeing, oh, hey, another thing changed. Yeah, it was this one, he went to, like, a shop, and he's like, where's the old lady? And it's like, oh, wait, she's she's retired, because, you know, yep. she's old. Then we get Godai again, getting told by Ichijo, where number 37, Mr. Owl, who is, uh, where he is. Yeah. Mr. Go Owl. Decides, Godai decides, hey, I'm going to go over that way. Ichijo is now, importantly, in a um, helicopter. Yes, because there's some around. bad helicopter green screening coming up. Oh, yeah, yep. there's some actually a lot of bad green screening in these four episodes. It wasn't just me, right? No, it wasn't just you. Uh, <laughs> I don't recall the other parts because just the helicopter was so bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad, yeah. Also, weirdly, Owl Guy looks kind of like a Birdman from that recent Michael Keaton movie. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what movie you're referencing, so I'll just take your word for it's, it. It's literally called Birdman. Oh, okay. It's about, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, it's about a retired actor who may or may not be going insane and learns to fly. 
it's a I believe it's a thinly veiled analogy about Michael Keaton having played Batman in the past, never being able to escape playing Batman, even though he thinks it's stupid. Yeah. What Evan said, I'm just like, isn't that what happens to Angel and X Men? <laughs> kind of. Because like, there's that part. I think it's in like X Factor where where like his wings get ripped off, and then he goes and flies a plane to seemingly off himself yeah, but then he comes back as archangel like he blows up but yeah apocalypse rescues him and turns him into archangel uh, yeah archangel yeah yep that yep. happens okay so ichijo tells godai that it's uh number 37 is at this like hyundai built hyundai uh i forget it's, it's at this building could you you could probably find it with green form right yeah okay we'll drive there <laughs> turn into blue form and jump up the building yeah that's a blue form power i was like heck yeah blue form we haven't seen blue form in like forever that's really true we haven't seen blue form in forever no it's good blue form like all it i've noticed they went in no they didn't go in the reverse no no they did in which one's defeat for the upgrade forms? No, they're definitely doing in a reverse order. Yeah, it has gone in for at least defeating the Garangi in the complete opposite order. So yeah, purple, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Because we went from uh, red to blue to green to purple, and now we're going from purple to green to blue to assumably red. Yep. Uh, so Godai gets on top of the roof, and Ichijo opens the window of, or opens the door of the helicopter, so he's like, here, let me throw you my gun, bro. Yeah, I, I like how Godai can only transform into green form with Ichijo's gun. Like, he doesn't have any other plan in place. He just needs Ichijo's specific no, gun. No, no, he can transform into green form without the gun, but he can't have a gun without a gun. Yeah. He needs Ichijo's gun. No, it's any gun. Well, yeah. Wait, he doesn't ever pick up another gun other than Ichijo's. Who though. ever has another gun? <laughs> this is Japan, Chris. I, well, presumably the other cops That's have, true. might have guns. I mean, when are the other cops there when Kuga needs a gun? Oh, man, that CG's so My bad. point... Okay, my <laughs> point is just that it's a... Uh, if you wanted to, you could make a, a, a stretchy, reachy uh, insinuation about their, about shipping them, because Godai always needs Ichijo's gun. But, we uh, already are shipping them. You ruined it, Garrett. I'm sorry, but we're already doing that. We've been doing that. Okay. Yeah, no, they're they're total. It's it's guy love. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's guy love. Another it's funny thing I'm too getting. is I don't think I brought this up yet, but so at, at the point of Kuga airing, Kuga has the most forms out of any writer ever. Yep. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I think like Black RX was the second most at that point with like three or four. I'm amazed they didn't do, like, an elemental-themed writer in the original, in, like, the original run. I mean, technically, the original common writer was an elemental common writer because he was wind power. Yep, that is yeah. uh, true. No, I mean, like, someone who is, like, four elements. You know, I, I, I know what you actually mean. I'm just being pedantic. I just think it's funny looking at it now because, like... Forza had 40 Astro Switches. Build has 60 plus full bottles. Yeah, it's Holy nuts. <laughs> um, God knows how many, how many like, ride watches there are going to be. <laughs> okay, so Ichijo try is, about is trying to throw Godai the gun, but Mr. Owl starts, I guess, using his blowpipe to... <laughs> 
pipe. Rapid fire shoot at the helicopter? Yeah. Okay, audi- audience, if you've been thinking of the owl from those Tootsie Roll com- pop commercials every time Evan says Mr. Owl, I have been too. I just wanted to know you're not alone. That's why I said it that way. Because <laughs> the image is hilarious. <laughs> How many blow darts does it take to get to the center of a Kuga? Oh, more than one. <laughs> yeah. He's going to try and find out. Well, so... Mr. Owl is basically not allowing Kuga to transform into his green form. Good strategy. Yeah, just shoot him a lot, or shoot at him a lot, keep him dodging, he can't transform, can't do anything about it. It, Except Kuga is able to eventually. Yeah, eventually it happens, and then then Kuga goes to shoot the owl, but the beady beady starts happening, and uh, he transforms into rising Pegasus form, and gets shot through the arm. Yeah, he's about to fire off, and then a dart, I guess, well, no, a feather, I guess, goes through his arm and causes him to stumble. And that's the end of the episode, with Kuga kind of falling to his knees. Yeah, I do like, though, like, they, they like they added some legit gore for that. Like, it goes through his arm, there's yeah. a spray yes. of blood. He's, he's actually bleeding, yeah. Actually see a visible puncture on his arm. Yep. The, the, green, the gun upgrade is just now it's burst fire. Yeah, and it's got a big spear on the end of it. Yeah. It looks like a railgun. It, it is kind of funny that when they introduced the uh, the green form, it was like this uh, sniper duel between the Hornet and him. And now, like all this time later, it's just more, just more, <laughs> sh- more shooting. Yeah. yeah, that's that's all we've done with the upgrade to shooting is more of it. <laughs> more bullets. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's just it almost is like straight up Halo. You use the pistol to snipe, and then you use everything else rapid fire. Yeah. <laughs> and him getting shot is the end of episode 25. Yep. And right. then 26 just kind of starts right back in the thick of things. 26 is called Myself. Pretty action-packed opening here. What's the name of it? It's called Myself. Okay. Thou art I, and I art the I art thou, thou persona. <laughs> it right. opens up with another recreation of the final scene of the last episode. Kuga getting shot again. But he's able to, like, I don't know why the owl doesn't just keep shooting. I guess because he wants to. Well, it's kind of like then then like the burst shot happens and he's busy trying to dodge the burst. But then his wing gets punctured when Kuga is like sitting there writhing and like, oh, and falling on the ground and like thrusting up in the air. It is growing like, oh, God, why wasn't the (laughs) why wasn't the owl shooting then? He had to reload his blowgun. I guess so. He failed his active reload. So, yeah, he dodges two of the three shots from the uh, super green gun, but the third one hits him in one of his wings, which uh, he then starts falling out of the sky and tears that wing off so he doesn't blow up. Yeah. the The emblem that appears on the enemies when they get hit appears on his wing and the cracks start going near towards his body. So... I mean, it's we now have the rule for that where, yes, okay, the point of impact is where it goes out from, but it has to actually reach the belt. Right. If they are able to separate, then they're fine. Yep. Or at least they have, well, they're not fine, but they can they can get better. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed with the grogy stuff, but I thought this guy like ripping off his own wing to yeah, not was pretty blow gruesome. up was pretty cool. It's a pretty cool sequence. It's like there's there's gore and visceral and you hear the ripping and tearing and it's it's real good. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, they they are not uh, shy about showing how gruesome it is. Yeah. As he's falling, Kuga goes back to white form, and then we hit our intro. Yep. And then it just goes straight to uh, to Ichijo and Godai talking, and Godai's like, oh, I'm, I'm all healed already, we're fine, we're good. Well, he's, he's healing, but there's still, like, there's a, like mark a mark on his arm. Yeah. He has a puncture scar from the thing going through his yep. arm. Right. And then... Uh, oh, yeah, and then Goda's like, hey, I gotta do this thing with this boy. And then Ichijo's like, well, I guess you're out of commission for two hours, so have at it. Yeah. You made that sound way weirder than it is, Garrett. It, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't <laughs> okay. know how to explain this grown man going to find this sixth grader. <laughs> I don't think there's any go, proper way. I saying, I gotta That's go cheer right. up this kid. Who is yeah. now looking at a laundry shop that I guess used to be a hobby shop? Yeah, it used to be a hobby shop. And in the window, there's one of his models, which is, which is a V2 Gundam from Victory Gundam. <laughs> Haven't gotten around to watching that one yet. But it is uh, I've never actually model. seen it fully, but I knew the suit instantly. Huh. <laughs> Good job. And of course, the kid is looking very sad and depressed. And, oh, things are different. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... I. I, I, I waver back and forth on, on, on this because, like, on one hand, I'm like, I think it's too early for this kid to having to be having this. It's too it's too early for a 12 year old to feel like they don't have a place in the world. That seems extremely like a 12 year old thing to me. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like the being nostalgic is generally associated with being older. Like, it, it's not really nostalgic, though. Like the essay, he says, like, I've lost my yeah, place. That's what he's thinking about. It's it's less nostalgia, more everything is different from what I remember. And that's depressing me. Yeah. So, I mean, part of it's that part of it is like, I also don't have the perspective of being a Japanese child. So, like, yeah, that's true. So, like, I like maybe that is around that time with because, like, there's they mentioned like cram school, cram school and stuff. So, it may just come up earlier due to Japanese culture. I don't know. Yeah. So, so on that end, like, I feel like that's more of a me problem than anything. True. But then later on, when they start talking about it, I can't not wonder if this is like extremely meta for the writers thinking about it themselves too with this being the first uh heisei series and all yeah i could okay yeah i was gonna bring that up if you didn't because it extremely seems like there's some meta text going on with uh you know new millennium malaise not just with this character but just with uh like the writers and uh the you know they assume in the viewers too yeah that's basically how i read um the entire scene later in Pole Pole, where it's Minori, Godai's sister, and the teacher talking. Yeah, they're all just, like, all depressed about the world. And I'm like, this was the writer's room, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So we've got an important message to get out. We need to write. Here we go. Again, like, even if even if it doesn't succeed, I like when it's trying things. That's true. So you get a quick scene of Sensei coming to Tokyo. And we go to Pole Pole, where it is super hot, and owner and Nana want to go swimming. But, man, who are we going to get to watch the store? Like, Minori? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, hi, Minori. What's up? <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're going to go buy sunscreen. BRB. Owner guy doesn't give a fuck. Nope. <laughs> He's just like, eh, someone else can run my store. 
Oh, I'm amazed. That's this neat place though, because so because they're basically setting up for the next episode. They are right. K- Kuga is like really good about continuity. Yeah, about being yeah about continuity. Like everything seems to flow through like properly. They they do a real good job of like bringing back threads from back when. Like it's been what like ten episodes since we've seen Teacher. Yep, it's been a while. Yeah, and it's you know he's. Just because he had resolved himself of like, I'm going to try and rework, and it's like, I'm going to work to get through to these kids. That's not an instant solution. Yeah. He's still working at it. Yep. Still trying to figure it out. But next scene is Ichijo showing up at the scene of where Mr. Owl fell and landed on a car. There's a car and it's messed up. It's got weird white goop all over it. But uh, they're wondering where the body is and... Police have been informed that there are witnesses that say that 37 ran off. I really like this uh, messed up car prop. It's one of their one of their better prop jobs so yeah, far. It looks real yeah. good. Yeah, it's it looks like he got seriously messed up. Like yeah. something very weird falling it lo- onto it. It looks like something a little bit bigger than human sized fell from a very great height and smashed into it. Yeah, yeah for sure. good. Yeah, like, the entire roof is caved in, and it's covered in, like, white feathers, and it looks maybe like blood, too? Like, I don't know if this guy bleeds white, but... Uh, maybe? Some sort of fluid. I don't know. And then I think it then I think it then cuts to him, and they're like, are, are, are you gonna be able to do your thing? Are you gonna be healed? And he's like, don't worry. I'll be ready as soon as I finish this book. He's He's sitting there reading philosophy books by Albert Camus. Who's a French uh, I philosopher? Be- I believe his name is Camus. I think it's Albert Camus. Camus. Okay. Yeah. He's he's basically. Re- I think it's the complete works of Albert Camus. And yes, there as like, oh, you killed 126 in five hours. How soon are you going to be better? As soon as I finish reading. That's so dumb of a line, and I love it. It's, yeah. No, it's it's very much. I'm a cool. I'm a cool guy that don't give no care. I'm just gonna sit here and read while I heal. It hurts, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm dark and brooding. I wear sunglasses in the indoors. <laughs> Let me go back to Kirishima Kir- Kid, Anmi Kid, who's walking and looking solemn. And then it's Kuga walking and looking for the kid. And oh, hey, he's looking at these places that the kid was looking at. But right. not, I guess not fully getting it. I mean, he he doesn't know, like, what the kid's life story is, so no. it doesn't relate to these places the same way. But they're looking around, but Godai calls back to Pole Pole and talks to Minori. Says, hey, if Kazuyaha, or if Sensei calls, let him know what I'm doing, where I am, and tell him just to stay at Pole Pole until yeah, I like, get back. Don't have him leave. I don't want to also have to go find him. Yeah, just have Kanzaki <laughs> stay. At Pole Pole. Yep. Uh, and Sakurako shows up, chats with Minori a bit. And then we go to the next scene where the police have discovered... Is that, is that where they have the weird coffee discussion? Uh... Oh, yeah, mm. I think this is... Or it might be when the sensei comes, but I, I guess since I brought comes. it up, we'll talk about it now. Because, like, Minori's like, oh, you take your coffee black? And she's like, yep. And she's like, I guess that's what you do as an adult. Maybe she just likes it. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, you're expected to stop liking sweet things and 
appreciate bitter flavors more. That's when dumb. You grow up in shit in Japan. Well, I mean that is that is biologically what happens. Our bodies become more able to deal with bitter flavors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think coffee sucks. No, you're right. It does. Coffee's okay. terrible. Cool. Yeah. Um. Next scene is police basically trying to figure out if there's any type of method to the killing. And yeah, they're mapping it out, because that's what yeah. they do when they don't know what to do. They map it out. And also discovering the uh, feathers in the hearts. Yeah, they said, we solved the mystery. We figured out that he shoots people with feathers, and they give them heart attacks, and they die. And I'm just like, oh, okay. We knew he shot people, and they died. I'm not entirely clear how what mystery you solved, but sure. Get this fun little... Sugita sits down in the like at the head of the room. And has this little speech of like, man, it's just, they keep getting stronger and yeah. more people keep dying and we just keep getting help from number four. And man, what are we just going to do? We we keep doing nothing at all. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, he's had this exact same speech in previous episodes. Right. I, I like this one because it's just, the camera starts at the other end of the room and just does a super slow zoom in with Sugita in the center of frame with this really tense, thoughtful, like, anxious music going on. And he's just, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. As he's yeah. sitting there talking about, man, what are we going to do? And Ichijo's just like, well, we just got to do our best, increase patrols. Yeah. And they've got, like, the lady behind him is, like, putting murder spots on the map, and there's people on the left and the right who are, like, examining data together. And, like, none of these people are going to help at all. Yeah, they're but just, like, they're all putting in so much effort and not really contributing anything. All, apparently all it took for Sugita was Ichigo saying, we just got to try our best. Because the scene ends with Sugita's like, oh, man, this guy, Ugh, I guess we better go. <laughs> Any problem could be solved with Gambate. Gambate. I, I, th- I mean, that, that's Kuga's, like, recurring theme with, with side characters. <laughs> they're, they're Try pl- your best and things work out. Well, the, their plot arc is to resolve themselves to doing what they were doing before. Yep. I don't know if I need to do the thing. I'll do the thing. And then the story's over. Yeah. And, and if you're some characters, you do it multiple times. <laughs> Looking at you, Godai's sister. <laughs> and uh, Sakurako does it, like, and three Sakurako. times. Short scene of Godai finally finding Kid. Yep. Not actually confronting him yet, but starting to follow him. Yeah, he's just watching him chicken out on leaving. Yep. And then we get scene of Garangi finishing his reading, so he's all healed up. Yeah, he flips the last the back cover of the book closed with his thumb. It's not like an important scene, it's just cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a cool shot to it's show dramatic. he's ready. All guy's really cool. I really like him. He, he's a pretty good... I, I like his human form a lot more than his monster form, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I, I think his human form is definitely better. We go back to Pole Pole, where Minori and Sakurako are having the Oh man, coffee is an adult taste conversation. <laughs> <laughs> when Kanzaki so- shows, or Kanzaki sensei shows up. Yeah, sugar forever. I love sweetness. Everybody That's has fair. their nice introductions, and he gets told, Hey, Kuga's look... Or, go to... Godai is looking for the kid, and Kanzaki is very, very happy about it. Yeah. 
I think it's, uh, it's sweet that he thinks that Godai is actually, like, the best person he can get to help this person. <laughs> yeah, no. Because he's like, just like, I can rely on Godai for literally Here's anything. the Godai's on the case, and he's like, all the tension goes out of him, like, ah, oh, great, cool, alright, good. Everything <laughs> should be fine, then. They, they just have such a cute relationship. Yep. That's really a lot of that. good faith. Yep. Alright, and so this next scene is, let's see how long this is. Uh, so it starts at 10, a little like 10, 8, 7, and then it goes for a minute, two minutes, three minutes. Yeah, it's a three minute long sequence. It is a three minute long sequence of this kid being sad and upset about, man, things are changing. I don't, I don't understand. I don't, my life is weird. I don't feel upset. And Godai's response is, you're a kid, you're allowed to be sad and pout. Yeah. So just be be sad for a little while. It's okay. Yeah, in this, uh, it's okay. In the tr- in the subtitles for this episode, they translate, the, a lot of the adults refer to the kid as sulking, which struck me as a weird translation at the time. And, like, I think that might be a little off. Like, I, I, I think I looked up the kanji and, like, the actual translation I saw was more like to be worried or to be troubled than salt. Yeah. Which made a lot more sense to me. I think that does make a lot more sense. because yeah, he doesn't feel like, like, okay, yes, we're kind of, we may be harping a little bit of, like, man, this kid should be older. But if this kid is actually, you know, in the story, having these feelings, then... Yeah, no, that's fine. That's a thing that people go through. Mm-hmm. And in the next scene, where the teacher and and the ladies are talking, the teacher is essentially saying, like, it feels like we don't give children time to be sad these days. Yeah. Which I like. I when I read when I read the translation, I was like, okay, I think this arc makes a bit more sense now. So I thought about it that way. While that's true, I I kind of chuckled because it, it cuts like from right before it's like it's okay to sulk to kids don't have time to sulk these days, and I'm like, yeah, why? And three adults sitting around <laughs> a bar being sad about the world. It's just kids don't express themselves. Minori's position is. Man, when I see older kids, they always seem so cold. They don't express themselves like preschoolers do. Someone should let them know that that teens are awful. <laughs> and like and like that's a thing. Like being a teen is awful. I do like Sakurako's position of, well, just because, you know, we should be it's maybe it's something that they can't fully like vocalize and we just need to understand that. Right. Which is a good position. Yeah, uh, Sakurako has the most distance from this, I think, because the other two are, like, actually educators, but, uh... The other two are actually, like, both teachers, more or less, or Sakura- or Godai's sister's, like, a daycare worker or whatever, but... Yeah. Yeah. Around there. Adjacent. Teaching adjacent. Right. But, uh, yeah. There's... It's kind of like like the somber scene, the camera kind of drifts around them, there's... Like a shot of a mobile when they transition between the between shots here, yeah, and they're just kind of like uh, wistful. Yeah, I think it's an interesting scene, and I think it's a lot more interesting in context of its time. Yeah, yeah, the fa- yeah, I kept having to remind myself when this came out. Yeah, and we go back to go present day, present time. Things are much more immediate than they yeah. feel than they felt back then. So go back to Godai and the child, and. Kirishima's 
talking about how I wrote this essay and I just, it, it struck me with, if I just keep going like this and doing what I'm told, what's my life going to be like? What, who am I going to become? I, I went, I went to the good, I went to the right places. I met the new people. I went to the cram school and then it just, it felt so pointless. It feels right. wrong. Like he's running into the experience of worrying if he's ever going to like have a genuine experience in his life, which is pretty like that's a thing that people go through around this age, I think. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I think in the end where I kind of fall with my weird issue about it is I think I, I, re- I really think it's just a cultural thing because I, I think maybe like, yeah, over here this plays out more as like a teen drama thing where that That's just true. doesn't necessarily yeah. be the case over there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause this is why every Japanese show is set in high school. Cause like I, okay. In America, pe- people are kind of expected. You have your twenties to explore who you are too. And from what I understand, I mean, I'm no expert. I don't have a degree or anything, but apparently in Japan, by the time you're in your mid twenties, you're, you're considered to be set in your life course generally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what he said, which is why anime is based in high school mostly. So I guess, I mean, so I guess like if, if we take that back, that would make sense why this is skewed to like sixth grade with having this. Yeah, that's true. (sighs) Anyway, and then there's some monster fighting somewhere in this emotionally episode. (laughs) Yeah. Godai, uh, essentially he like kind of tells him that like, you'll always have a place because you'll always have people that care about you kind of. So, you know. As long as you're alive, there will always be a place for you to be. Yep. And then he says, like, oh, I didn't come up with that. I just told... That's just what your teacher said to me when I was younger. It's like, ha, I stole it from your teacher. Yeah. And we go back to Kanzaki-sensei, and he... I didn't... I had forgotten about this. But Kanzaki... We go back, and Kanzaki's talking about, you know, children need times to sulk. And they don't have time to sulk anymore. And, oh, you know, I always hear all the time from all the different from basically everywhere every time i watch tv read magazines i hear don't sulk just or there is no need to sulk just buy more fun things spend more money at fun places don't think about it just live without thinking about it we're we're bringing that in now huh do we oh yeah yeah the teacher gets all like you know anti-capitalist for a minute (laughs) yeah he gets very anti-capitalist now i'm just thinking like kuda kuga but the plot of they live Oh jeez! Oh my god! Have have, have I ever showed you the J rap song that's basically just like a giant "They Live" parody, and it's the best thing ever? I don't think I've seen that. No, I'm surprised I've never seen it on an anime hell or anything. I'm going to pull this up for you so you can uh, so you can watch this after we're done recording. But I love it. Uh, Also, in the where in the scene where Godai's talking to the kid, a uh, a cat just wanders through the background of the shot. Which There's I definitely don't think a cute cat. He's a, a very cat. cute little calico, though. Uh, Minori's position is that uh, adults today or parents today are probably too strict, and they should be a bit sweeter towards their kids. Probably also true. They're probably yeah. also true. Yes. Yeah. And we go back with. Uh, I think this is the last one. Yes, we go back with Kuga and Kid one more time, and Kuga is basically like, "Hey, you know what? I was just borrowing Mr. Kanzaki's words. You just." If you're really worried about this, 
it's fine to sit and sulk and think about it. Work towards finding out. You just got you got to find some place you belong. It's fine to sit and sulk and think about it. But in the end, you need to find somewhere for yourself. Yeah. Right. Godai is a real, like, the journey is the purpose type person. So, you know, of course, that's the sort of advice he's going to get. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the the series literally starts with him coming back from one of those. Right. Exactly. (laughs) We get a cute scene of him giving a thumbs up. And they've been sitting on the steps of this shrine. Oh, is this the part we're going to talk about where kids these days don't think thumbs up are cool? No, not yet. (laughs) This is the thing where they're sitting on the steps of the shrine. Kuga gives his thing, gives his thumbs up, and leans back and, like, stretches out. And the kid waits a moment and then emulates him and goes into the same position. I didn't notice that. Yeah, no. He mimics Koga or Godai. That's pretty good. I was just thinking of part where he's like, does Sensei still do the thumbs up thing? And he's like, no, the kids don't think it's cool, so he stopped. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that was funny. Oh, and, and Godai also does the thing where he excited is, excitedly is like, did you know that in Roman times, the <laughs> thumbs up was a way to show that people approved of something? Yeah. And the kid's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I knew that. <laughs> I've heard but, this before. Uh, Godai then gets a call on the, his bike, gets information that 37's out, so we got to go fight. He, he tells kids like, wait right here for a minute. He just, I'll be right back. <laughs> so Godai drives off on his bike, transforms on his bike, does a cool handoff with Ichijo. Man, that handoff is so fucking gives cool. Gives a gun. It, it is a really cool scene. I think uh, Tokusatsu Gifts, yeah. uh, the Twitter account Tokusatsu Gifts actually ran this uh, scene the other day. Yeah, I think, it, I think it runs a couple times because I remember seeing it. I'm like, man, good. I can't wait till we get to this episode. <laughs> it's a sweet handoff. I do find, I find it a bit weird, though. Like, this fight resolves itself so fast. Most fights in Kuga do, kind of. Yeah, I know, right. but this one seemed particularly quick. Abrupt? Like, yeah, it was kind of just, okay, we've solved the pro- we have, we have we have, quote-unquote, solved the problem with the child. I mean, All right. th- yeah, I... After seeing this guy sit around and recover and like read Camus for a while, yeah, and it's be like, like maybe, I'm I, back I thought in it'd action. Little, I thought it'd be a little more of a fight. I think the problem is like that because he's a flying base thing. They don't have the effects budget to have anything like detailed and drawn out. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's like pretty much as soon as Kuga gets the gun and transforms into green form, Mister Owl starts spitting uh, blow darts at him. Causing him to have to, causing Kuga to have to like run into a wall and then fall off a retaining wall and do a cool flip and then pose and shoot in the air. Yeah, and then he, then he burst fires and then, and then it explodes. One of them hits Mr. Owl and Mr. Owl screams because he's got three hits in the chest and then there's an, a series of really bad CG explosions in the air. <laughs> yeah, the C- CG's not doing too hot. No. Oh, God. But we get scenes of uh, Ichijo coming up, seeing the things explode, giving Kuga happy nods. I think we get a scene of the child who I think saw the explosions and looking up at them. And then they go back to the train station, or Kuga takes them back. And, oh, hey, it's Kanzaki-sensei. And everybody thumbs up. Yes. The the kid gives a... Uh, a slightly like meager thumbs up at like waist level 
Yeah. And Kanzaki enthusiastically thumbs up back. Yeah. Man, he is super into that thumbs up. <laughs> He's like, this kid gets it. He gets the <laughs> thumbs up. As soon as Godai saw Kanzaki Sensei, he was immediately like, oh, hi, waving his arm up in the air, like really excitedly going, oh, hey, Sensei, what's up? Until he noticed <laughs> that the kid wasn't doing anything and then calmed back down. Yeah. I love it. Okay, yep. so we spent a while on those two. We we, we need to get through these other ones. Yeah. Arguing right, so, arguing about Angst Kid took a while. <laughs> I mean, arguing about Angst Kid is, I mean, that's probably like the the better plot thread of these. Yeah, two. okay, yeah. yes. Of this set of two episodes, the half that is focused on the kids' ennui and dealing with change is. Pretty good writing. It just feels tonally weird, probably because of culture differences. Yeah, I th- I think that's well, where I pretty much end on it. Like, I think I I just don't get it because I'm a I'm a stupid person over here in America. And we're all like, no, you should be like ten years older, kid. Jesus. I I enjoyed those two a lot. I I do think like Owl Guy was pretty underwhelming, honestly. You know, yeah, he's got a cool design, but yeah, him like his fight and everything about him. Fighting Kuga is just kind of fine. Yeah. So so far, Lady with the Badass Sword that was, like, cutting people in half and then Fist of the North Star intimidating them was, like, way cooler. Yep. The You Are Already Dead was real cool. Yeah. It is. Don't turn around. And then it's right at the end of uh, episode 26 in the preview for episode 27, Kuga straight up lies to us. Yes, that preview never happens. It never happens. Wait, I, I didn't. I don't, I don't think I watched the preview for this one. What do they um, say is going to happen? It shows um Kuga on the beach with uh, Snake Monster and uh, Kamarider Grungi, and they're like both fighting Kuga, and that oh, scene yeah. just never happens. And that never I mean, happens. Maybe it happens later. Well, no, because she's dead. Maybe she's dead. But so twenty-seven. Uh, I don't. I don't have the titles, Garrett. How dare you not have the titles? The title of this episode is Ripple. It's a JoJo's reference. That's right. It's Hamon. Uh, Hamon opens with a a dance group. The, uh, I asked my, my one friend who I consider to be a rap expert if he could uh, name the song. He could not. He said it sounds like generic 90s rap, which yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty much what I was going to say. It's a set of like four or five guys and four or five girls that are all just like having a dance party with generic 90s rap playing. Yeah, the yeah they're they're like uh, practicing their dance troupe moves like this was uh, the early part of Common Rider Gaim. Man, but, uh, I love early Gaim. This woman wearing black lipstick, <laughs> wearing I think it's a chongsum. I think I'm not sure. She's wearing some type of weird. Is that the proper nice name dress. for the Chinese dress type thing? I, it's it's either a chongsum or a kipao, and okay. I. Don't I'm not a hundred percent sure on the difference, and even then, I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm correct. Fair enough. I'm just but like more... you only know this because there's an event in Azure Lane right now yep. that has them. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm calling you okay. out. <laughs> no, that's but, fine. Uh, 
uh, the, it's the scene is pretty cool because she walks up through this crowd of people who are in like a warehouse or something. It's not like they're in public or anything. And she just adjusts their radio from playing nineties rap to Chopin's revolutionary etude. Yep, which, oh, that is like, that's a fantastic song. I was super glad it was in this episode. I love this. It- yeah, it's so a good. pretty good piece of classical music. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, the the leader of the dance troupe is like, "Hey lady, what the hell are you doing?" and she murders him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, assumedly murders everyone. Yeah, presumably she kills them. But they cut to the intro. <laughs> I like and this it is a Yeah, no, this is a practically brand new intro. Like it's a lot of new footage, a lot of recut stuff. A lot of reshot things with people being in updated costumes. Yep. It's really good. I like it. Yeah, it's really good. This is something that, that carries on to, like, I've noticed more with uh, recent, recenter, more recent shows, I guess is the proper English way, is, like, as, like, upgrade forms and things happening, the opening will change to reflect that. That's cool. Or sometimes even slightly before those happen, so that's fun as well. Hmm. You kind of get a sneak peek. That's real good. Uh, so we come back from the intro, and Godai's making curry. Yep. I really want some curry. Yeah, cool. same. Uh, should make curry. Um, I've not been a huge fan the couple times I've tried it, but, you know, hey. You need to try it again. People can like curry if they want, but apparently yes. Godai is not happy with the curry he made. I thought he was because I thought I heard I thought I hear him some like say lie to himself. Oh, I Does thought I, it looked like he made like a, a weird face, like it didn't turn yeah, out well. He, he made a face. Uh, yeah, I thought it was like a uh, not not ready face. Oh, okay. Yeah, I misheard him. Eh. But Sakurako's in Pole Pole as well. They're having a conversation where Godai's like, "Hey, so I saw Tsubaki." And so he told me that the reason I feel these electrical things is because he hit me with the defib when I was hit with the poisonous spores. The beady beady? The beady beady. But then he said he was joking, so, you know. Yeah. It's like, I think he was joking, but he said he was joking, but I don't. Maybe he's right? I don't think he's wrong. <laughs> because. And, like, he actually gives this legit explanation where, you know, there's no real explanation of these upgrade forms in any of the relics or anything. And, like,. Maybe it's new. Maybe I'm a special Millennium version. Um, so <laughs> I do like what he calls himself New Millennium Edition. That is good. But like, I when it pans over to Sakurako during that, and I'm like 90% sure she's not saying something. I, I was wondering if she just wasn't being like, um, Godai, did you forget the time when we had an episode where I translated the thing that I, I thought it meant it was gonna you were gonna die, but it actually meant you were gonna get an upgrade form? <laughs> and, or that. But, uh, That's another she, possible answer. She she doesn't say that. I no, think she, she read something else and she's not saying anything. Again. Ah, that'd be interesting. Uh the show is usually not that subtle. No. Um, uh, yeah, I guess. Sakurago starts asking about, she's wondering why uh, the owner started take, changing his vacation plans. And Godai is explaining that, well, he's been spending a lot of time at the pool. Um, and he's been able to do that because not a lot of, lot, a lot less people have been coming in because 
well, ever since the unidentified life forms appeared, there like, are monsters. Go- People yeah, are there scared. Are, there are monsters roaming around. Yeah, if you wander around Tokyo, there's a good chance you're going to get randomly murdered. So you know there are less people out. Yeah, Kuga has good world building, guys. It real does. But of course, just as they say that and finish up their conversation, a horde of customers arrive. I think this because- is like the first time we've ever seen this place busy. <laughs> Except for that one time the Yakuza all came in. I think yes. there's more people here than when the Yakuza came in. Uh, but then it cuts to a water park. We get a pool episode. They somehow fit the fan service beach episode into Kuga. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's owner, Nana, Minori, and Minori's friend. Minori's unnamed friend that we just meet now. Or, or she's the, she might be the other uh, preschool teacher. She's Minori's so. longtime best friend who we have never met or heard about. I, I think now. she might be the other teacher at the preschool. I guess she might be. Maybe. I'm really bad at placing faces. Same, so but like. She could I, easily be. Yeah. So, Nana is upset that Godai didn't come. Of course she is. Uh, owner is like, hey, the other two should get in. Hey, aren't you gonna get in? Minori's like, are you? Are you sure? Asks her friend, are you sure you're gonna be okay? And friend holds her stomach, very obviously showing she is pregnant, and this will be a focus of the episode. I should be fine. The baby will be fine. Let's go swimming. The camera could not be saying she is more pregnant. Yeah. if it tried. <laughs> like nobody says it, but the pregnant is sitting there with a giant sign that says "prego my ego." <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I- I, I don't know how much of that is like this is a children's show and we need to somehow establish this versus just too much. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's like their thing for this this episode, you know. Yes. Then we go to Enakita, who is speaking with Ichijo at the research police research lab. Uh, I gotta find it. There it is. And they're basically discussing about the fact that, we, hey, we, we don't know anything. Every single time the police come up, they're discussing like, man, we don't know shit. Hey, all <laughs> our stuff never works, and we're really bad at this. <laughs> wow. It's well, really bad, hey. isn't it? Well, they can all rest easy. None of them are still going to do anything, but Ichijo's going to figure out something for once. <gasps> well, I think Enokita, I think she said she's working on something new. I don't remember what. But as they're having their conversation, John shows up, and I've just, I don't, I don't know if I've noticed this why, but is John the only person who have worn, like, just a straight t-shirt with no layers? I think Kuga might have did once, but yeah, like, well, no, he's I think, like, like Kuga, Kuga at least wears a jacket or something. Maybe. It does look weird. I'm like, man, this guy is super cash. Yeah, he looks super casual compared to everyone else. But he shows up and is, uh... Like, hey, yo, Ichijo, thanks for letting me look at the Gorum. I've been looking at it a lot. Even Enokita's like, no, he's been like, he's been by like every day. Uh, he's like, I haven't figured anything out, but we're going to look at it real hard. Okay? Okay. We're going to stare at it until we figure something out. Yes. Also, uh, Enokita's like, man, he comes by every day to see the Gorum. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's got a serious crush on Ichi- on uh, Enokita. <laughs> Maybe on Ichijo too, but definitely on Enokita. Uh, um, I don't, I don't know. know. I think I think he actually is coming by for the Gorum. Okay, okay. 
I'm calling this. I think he's really? got a thing for Man, Anokita. that puts like a really weird subtext on when he gives Anokita the gift for his kid. Yeah. And I don't like, like this now. <laughs> That's why I don't think it is. Well, hey, okay. I, d- I don't know if I want to wager on it. I kind of do, but you know. You should wager on it. Make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we go to the Garangi, who are in the underground set for the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, that checks right. out. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much what it looks like. It's I, Or, like, it's a bar in a catacombs? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it looks like a themed bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bar that's themed around, like, a Leviathan skeleton or something? I'm super <laughs> into that, though. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's the best Gronky location we've seen in a while, certainly. But they're having a converse. Uh, Rose Woman is, of course, being followed by Bat Dude. Yep. And there is a guy in, like, looks like he's wearing an officer's coat, an imperial officer's coat. Yeah. yeah. It's real weird, but I'm still kind of into it. Yeah, he's got, like, the short, the little, like, fringe depaulets going on. Yeah. And they the, have a weird little conversation. And Rose Woman says something that causes him to give her, like, a suspicious look. Then the camera cuts over to Bat Guy, who's, like, got his hand inside his jacket and is fidgeting with something. It looks like he's, like, scratching his neck or something. I don't know, but as soon as it gets noticed, he stops. And then uh, Rose Woman and him walk off. Yeah. All right. So after the conversation, we get to see the woman wearing Chinese dress going to a pool while she's got sheet music with her mm, for she's revolutionary gonna do some murders. Yep. She's going to do some murders. Some themed murders, though. And she's being followed by Scarf Dude. We're playing Clue now. Yes. Scarfute also holds up like this weird thing with some symbols on it. No no clue what it means. Looks like a little bit of leather. Not sure. We go back to Pole Pole. Where it's super busy. It is. Yeah, it's super busy. Godai's behind the counter. Making a whole bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, this is the part where Subaki tries to do things. Yeah. Because, well, he's behind the counter. Subaki calls Sakuraku and is like, hey... I got some time off. You want to go to lunch? Sakurak was like, hey, whoa, actually, it's busy here. Could you come help? And I mean, I guess to his credit, he does show up eventually. He does show up eventually, which I'm honestly surprised about. Yeah. That. Then we go back to the water park that owner Minori and all them are at. Yep. Where Minori and her friend are having a conversation about, oh, man, it's... How's it feel being pregnant? Oh, well, you know, it's it's an interesting feeling and emphasis, but man, I I just I just think about the baby. I don't want to think about the fact of the unknown life forms. Let me lay out to you the theme of this episode. <laughs> I f- I feel worried about my baby being born into an unstable world like Okay, yeah, no, this is legit worry. I'm just kind of surprised it's coming through in a kid show. Like I don't think any moms. Well, no, that's not true. Yeah, actually, that at actually all. is not true. They're, that's, they're... <laughs> that that is literally not true at all. That is the secret sub- secondary market. <laughs> is uh, middle-aged moms looking at these hot young men? <laughs> As it just seems odd that they're having this conversation, and it's like it's 
I'm worried about my kids coming into an unstable world. Yeah. Okay. They have this conversation. Uh, then we go back to Pole Pole because... Oh, wait, no. We don't go back to Pole Pole. We get the police getting information that, oh, hey, there's been a bunch of murders at the dolphin pool. Yeah. We gotta go there. There's a bunch of murdering going on. This is so dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's yes. Great. Yes, it kind of is, but... I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I spent a while, like, waffling on, is this clever or is this stupid? And I ended up on, this is stupid. No, it's definitely not <laughs> clever, because if it was, they wouldn't have come up with the solution for it by just going, huh, what if we look at it like this? Yeah, right. no. It's, it's dumb in a very fun way. It's dumb, but I love it. <laughs> but we get uh, Ichijo driving off, then we have a scene of the woman in the j- Chinese dress coming out of the Lexus school yard pool. So, Dolphin, Lexus, DL. <laughs> Go back to Pole Pole, where it's still pretty busy, but it looks like it's slowed down a little bit. But, oh, hey, Godai gets a call from Ichijo. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. There's people dying. Here, Sakurako, you run this entire shop by yourself. <laughs> right. Goodbye. <laughs> the store that you have no stake in. And yeah, that yeah, you don't own or anything. No, you don't even really work here. It's nuts. Yeah. And then we go back to owner and crew leaving the Misuzawa water park, and they walk right by the Chinese dress woman. And we get a nice silent scene where all the sound cuts out, except for this kind of whistling yeah. as we get a slow walk by. Everybody would have almost had died. Yep. Right. We go back to the police arriving at the dolphin pool, and... Little do they know they're two notes behind. Yeah, no. (laughs) Garrett. Garrett, you're gonna give it away. (laughs) What? No. You're gonna give away the the (laughs) do-raid meekrit. But so at this first pool, there were 16 people dead and only 16. And there are burn marks on their chest. And we can't, but we can't figure out what actually killed them. Uh, then Ichijo gets calls that, oh, hey, we just got reports that people at the Lexus swimming pool have died. This is terrible. Yeah. So Ichijo goes off while Sugita stays at the first pool. Yeah. And you know what they say, you gotta, you gotta follow the music. <laughs> okay, so the twist is that she is murdering people in the notation order of Chopin's revolutionary attitude, and she kills as many people as there are notes in each place. You ruined it's it, Chris. It's really dumb. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's dumb in the best your, way. Your puns were killing me, so I had to put a stop to this. I think everybody was appreciating them until you ruined it. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Write in that. to the show and let us know if, if this was ruined for you. <laughs> we get to see her actually killing people, which is people are swimming and she sends out a tendril underneath the water that causes them to like jerk and just die immediately. Yeah. Later on, we learn it, it's ice powers. Which is also, she's a snake. Yeah. Which 
I didn't. Cold hearted snake. Watch out for their eyes. Whoa, oh, they be telling yeah. lies. I I did this before recorded too, and I reused it. I feel bad. <laughs> I, I don't so, actually know which song you're referring. To. I I think I'm doing it wrong. It's that it's that Paula Abdul song. I think. Yeah. Hang on. Cold. She gets out, snake. says something to the scarf dude who's still following her around. Then we go back to Pole Pole, where it's finally slow. Everyone's gone. Minori is working hard to do dishes. Owner and crew show back up. She's like, oh, hey, sorry. Godai had to leave. I was watching the place. And Nana is kind of stunned over the fact that apparently Sakurako has taken care of this entire thing and is, like, washing all the dishes and just... <laughs> she's kind of befuddled and just goes over to owner. She's like, so... Is Miss Sakurako, like, a really good person? And owner's like, yeah, no, she's a great person. I think Nana has just realized now that someone has shown that the job is not that difficult, she can't get away with slacking off. Yeah, a little bit. But, oh, then, hey, Tsubaki shows up. And he's got he does. flowers That's a thing. behind his back. It's weird. And it's very obvious he's going to try and hit on Sakurako right up until the point that Ichijo calls him and goes, Hey, yo, we got weird dead bodies. Can you come look at this shit? I need you to look at some dead people, bud. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, weird. Uh, like, I don't... Is, is Subaki going to change for Sakurako? That would be weird. I almost <laughs> expect this of Kuga now, because, like, Kuga does things with their cast. Yeah, like, is is Subaki going to become, like, a legit nice dude? <laughs> Not a weird, I'm going to hit on you at inappropriate points? Because he does that a lot. I mean, he's a coroner. I don't think there ever is an appropriate time. No, that's true. <laughs> In Garrett's world, coroners are never allowed to love anyone. <laughs> I, I mean, no, just Tsubaki. <laughs> I mean, because, like, any time... <laughs> okay, like, you're saying this, but, like, there was clearly that date where he was talking about that chick's, like, collarbone. <laughs> yeah, he's a little, he's, he's, he's a little creepy. It's been shown. But he leaves, and then we go back to Godai showing up at the pool Ichijo's at, where they trade information and just basically, it's like, okay, we're just, actually, we're just going to close all the pools, because we think it's got, we think it's got something to do with the fact that it's pools. So we're just, we're just going to close all the pools. I don't know where the water part plays into this theme. Okay. Um, so have you ever looked at, like, a pool, an Olympic pool? Or like a public pool from a bird's eye view. They look like musical bars. They look like yeah, it looks like musical bars. Oh, she's literally playing the notes. Oh, I feel dumb for not knowing that now. Uh, I, I only mean, know it. Because how much of, of a musical the... background do you have? <laughs> not. I played the clarinet for a while in school. I mean, I only know that because of Super Mario RPG has you like jumping yeah, across. Yeah, that is tadpoles. true. Super Mario RPG is very much the tadpoles. <laughs> yeah. But Kuga gets or hears over his bike phone that, oh, hey, Misazawa Water Park got attacked. So he drives off. What, as he what, drives me, off, you say? Uh, yes, me. We're still going to do this <laughs> just because you ruined it. <laughs> he drives off, but Kamen Rider Garangi sees him go by. Yep. And then they go chase off to the abandoned warehouse to have a fight. Yes. But first, we gotta go to Minori visiting her friend's house or her apartment. 
Yeah, because they go back to the house. So a friend is going to like, okay, I'm going to prepare some drinks because, you know, proper hospitality. Minori turns on the television and the news starts playing. He's like, okay, so, hey, we've just gotten a report that at the Dolphin Pool, the Lexus Pool, and the Misuzawa Water Park, there have been murders that were going on. And both Minori and her friend kind of stop and, like, we were, we were just there. Yeah. We almost died. Yeah. And then... Kodai's sister friend faints. Yes. Like, I, I'm debating if I like this or not. And I do. I'm and in the context of this happened just recently back with um, Nana when her teacher died. That's true. But this was more, this was less, oh, someone that was close to me died. This was, uh, it felt more to me of, oh, I'm, I literally... You had a brush with death. Well, yeah, it, it, it's it's like escalating toward that direction. Yeah. Which, like, when it's, I say it like that, that sounds pretty cool. Eventually, we're going to get to a point where someone's going to be, like, being held hostage by a Garangi. Yeah. Even though I think that happened to Sakurako, like, at least once. They're going to hold in Akita's kid hostage. We decided this, like, earlier. We did. And it's probably oh, yeah. going to happen. That was that one time. That was when you had left, Evan, so. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they're definitely going to take Inokita's kid hostage, and Sakurako, no, Inokita's going to have to, like, uh, do something heroic or something. Most likely. Because they've been spending so much time establishing that relationship. Then we go to the Mirage Hotel, where there's a pool. Mirage, you say? Yes, Mirage. And uh, she's keeping killing people. Scarf dudes marketed on his abacus while being suitably dramatic and whooshing around. And blind. And blind. Man, I'm really I really want to dress up as him. I need to know how this guy wanders around without like the cops stopping him or something. Um I'm I'm just gonna be like Bud Shibuya. <laughs> Maybe. You know. Then we have Kuga driving. Trying to get where he needs to go. When he gets accosted by Common Rider Garanki. Yeah, and then they go to a Ben warehouse to fight. Yes, they, we get a little bit of bike tricks. Cut back to the hotel where the Chinese dress woman is leaving the hotel, but oh, wait a minute. <laughs> just in There's case you weren't sure. <laughs> just in case you didn't understand what was going on yet. There's a grand piano. I mean, I I had kind of worked together. I was like, oh, I think it's... I think it's got something to do with musical notes, but I'm not 100% sure. I didn't, I hadn't put it together that she was literally doing it to the song. Let me just walk in here holding the sheet music for this song. Yeah. Or, and it cuts back to Kuga and Kamen Rider Garangi getting to the uh, abandoned warehouse. Yeah, but then, like, Garangi Boy, like, takes a thing off his arm and touches to his bike, and then his bike changes. Right. Well, it's first, he takes off his helmet and does Kuga's transformation pose. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. And that transforms. Naming him as, naming himself as Go Badaba. This guy's so cool. And he is the <laughs> same type of cricket that we've, uh, Badu was earlier in the show. Yeah. Well, Grasshopper, I think, specifically. Grasshopper, yes. Yeah. But Zoo, he's still got. Zubadu. Yes. Zubaduba. And this is Go Badaba think but he's he transforms and keeps his scarf so kuga transforms 
and now we have a cool little bike fight. And yeah. yes, uh, Kuga's bike transforms, and so um, Common Rider Groggy transforms his own bike. And as they start charging at each other, the revolutionary etude starts playing. And the, Chian- the Chinese-dressed woman is playing the revolutionary etude on the grand piano in the hotel as Kuga and Kamen Rider Garangi fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> it kind of is. Like, I, I don't actually want, like, well, now I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, no, I do kind of want a Kamen Rider show where there's classical music playing every time there's a monster fight. But I also just kind of wanted it, wanted it as a supercut. Someone just editing it together. That's fair. Um, someone could probably do that. Like, this isn't the only time this happens. I guarantee it. Yeah, no. they've got to do this again or something. I, uh, I like how they do the, the Mission Impossible 2 thing of driving their motorcycles toward each other and then both leaping off in order to punch each other in the air. We- yeah, we get, we get a fun set of bike fight. Guys, think how far we've come from episode four of Bike Tricks. <gasps> I was actually I know, going right? to ask, like, I, I was going to bring up, like, oh, another pointless bike trick episode. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Except this one's sweet a lot of fun hell. bike stuff. <laughs> yeah, now there's two motorcycle stuntmen. Yes, but then they, uh, Kuga and Garangi drive at each other to, and then, yes, do the jump. We're going to both jump off of our bikes and. Sm- punch at each other in the air then land on our bikes it's so dumb i love it it's so anime it is it Ugh. is exceedingly anime but as they land uh, godai realizes or kuga realizes he can't see where comrade garangi went and then he gets side t-boned yep. and falls into some explosive boxes he didn't expect that wall of of thin cardboard boxes that the guy was gonna burst out of and didn't expect to be knocked into gas canisters, which exploded without a spark. Remember, remember that one time where Kuga did the exact same thing to a a, a monster thing. Yeah, yes. the, the, everyone thought they were dead, but they weren't. Yeah, and the, the exact same thing happens here, except it's Kuga getting exploded this time. Right. What a twist! And then, and that's the episode because of the weird episodes that we had. There's an extra three hours and 30 <laughs> minutes of empty footage. Yeah, that's a little odd. The subgroup time code is just slightly weird. Um, but anyway, after that three hours, how- we get on to episode 28. Yeah, y- you could say we get some clarification into what's going on. Which is the title of the next episode. Thanks, ha. Chris. Thanks. Don't. But it, we open back up with Kuga getting smacked into the gas canisters again. Oh, oh, wait, there's where the spark it came. Apparently, Kuga... Yeah, he, he, he like, sparks when he hits something, and... He hits some wire that caused sparks, and it explodes! He's a toku character. He always sparks when he hits things. Have you ever seen the Power Rangers RPM thing where they, ex- where they like, in-universe explain all those weird things? Uh, No. no. I'm adding this to the things of YouTube you need to see. <laughs> okay. But uh, as Kuga's writhing on the ground, Common Rider Garangi zips out and starts charging him with his bike. Kuga's like, oh no, I better, I better get my bike up and charge back at him and then jump over him with my bike. Yeah. I don't, 
I don't know how he does it. He just kind of wills his bike into the air. He just wills that bike. Yep. It's weird. What the... What is that hand thing, Sakuraga? What? Man, that's weird. But after dodging the charge of Kamen Rider Garagi, they both detransform. And they go off their own separate ways. Yes. To never run into each other again this episode. I'm sure they will never have another dramatic showdown. Yeah, not at least not in this episode, because when we come back, uh, we have Ichijo showing up at the hotel. Our brilliant detective decides that there must be some theme to these murders. Yes, he shows up at the hotel, and as he's entering, he's like, man, there's... Who's this person playing the piano? This is... Man, that's kind of weird. I, I bet it's not important. And he just keeps going. Yeah. Like, he, he has this look on his face of, like, why is someone playing the piano? He's sure, like, this is weird that there's this one non-police person here. Playing the piano. Then he gets called away by a tertiary police officer. I'm sure I don't need to worry about that. Time to go. And as soon as he loses, as soon as he gets distracted and turns away... The Chongsum woman stops playing and leaves. Yep. But yeah, so Ichijojo goes in and they're talking and says, oh wait, there's only two killers in this one? And they're trying to figure out, it's like, what? What is this pattern? Like, what? Like, not... It's like, they're attacking only specific people and uh, there was there was 15 at 16 at Misuzawa and it the Mirage, only two. And, and like, maybe notes a, and stuff? Maybe there's a meaning to the number of victims. Hmm. Maybe. Would you say it's almost hmm. like a symphony of murders? Maybe. Oh, or a symphony of death? <sighs> We're not sure yet. Or, um, so first we gotta go back to Pole Pole. Don't, stop naming potential Castlevania titles, Garrett. Those were all really good Castlevania titles. <laughs> and you know what? They would have had some badass classical-inspired music in it. Yeah. So go back to Pole Pole, where uh, Nana, owner, and Sakurako are cleaning up from some customers leaving. And Sakurako turns on the TV we get to see the news report of like, oh, hey, or no, it's Nana turns on the TV. We get to see the news report again of like, oh, hey, Dolphin Pool and this Lexus Pool and then the Misazawa Water Park have all been attacked by unidentified life form 38. Right. And owner freaks out and turns it off as soon as that's said. And we get this whole thing of the three of them having their like realization of, oh, we almost died. Right. We, if we had stayed there just a little bit longer. We might be dead. <laughs> uh, and, like, they're all just kind of staring at each other in silence and having this really serious... Yep. Really serious ma- moment, and then Minori calls and is like, Hey, my friend collapsed. I need to stay here a little bit. Right. Okay. Did you see that we almost died? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... Oh, it's weird. Well, it's not weird. It's just everyone having this very real thing of like, it's shot. This feels like shot 
like an act like a J drama at the moment. Yeah. Of having this calm, thoughtful music playing as people are having these really emotional thoughts and just not people aren't saying much. It's up close shots of people's faces looking concerned and looking worried. Yeah, Kuka's really good about man, I don't want to say about being mature, because like I don't think that's the right term for it, but that's the shorthand that I have. Being serious. Yeah. Because again, Maybe? you know, for the kids. And also, this is a kid show. Um, the scene ends with Minori's friend waking up and looking concerned and rubbing her stomach. Yep. And then we go to a bridge where Common Rider Garangi and the Rose Woman have a little conversation. Rose Rose Woman's like, "So, um, how's Kuga? Are you two like?" You two still pretty equal? What's going on? Kamen Rider Grange's response is like, hey, it seems like it's going to be an interesting whale. Which is game. Which causes, yeah, which causes Rose to smile. And then they leave. They're like, yeah, it's going to be a sweet-ass game. They're like, hell yeah. This is, it's getting fun. I, again, am curious about their total lack of valuing life at all. But, you know, hey. Whatevs. Yeah, well. Maybe we'll get to an episode that explores that eventually. Well, I mean, maybe they all just get revived for each new game. That may be well, it. I don't know. They haven't like, said yet. Because, like, Zero revived all of them, right? Yeah, he did. I mean, or just woke them up. I guess or that. We don't know. Then we go back to the Mirage Hotel, where... Godai has arrived and is talking with Ichijo about, like, hey, man, there's, there's got to be a pattern here, right? Yeah, if like, only these were conducted in a certain way. God damn it, Garrett. You're killing me. You could. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I think I'm almost out of these at this point. <laughs> really just... Just got to sit down and have a jam session to think about this. <laughs> it's like, is... Well, yeah, this, this out, certainly wasn't freestyled. Like, you know, 37 and 38 each have their own individual rhythm, and we just got to work along with it. <laughs> uh, uh, so they're having this pun off <laughs> when Tsubaki calls and informs them that people are dying, but basically something touched their chest and gave them third degree frostbite. Yeah. Which basically means it's like you, 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 necrosis. Yeah, you could say that was some that was some cool jazz. That's a bit of a reach. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm running out. <laughs> but Tsubaki's explaining that for this to be possible, it would have had to touch something that had to be at least a hundred to a hundred and fifty degrees below zero. So like this weekend weather. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if that I don't know if they're talking about Fahrenheit or Celsius. Probably Celsius, but. but- Probably. Celsius. It was they cold always, this week. There's no reason. Actually, yeah, no, it's Japan. It's Celsius. What am I thinking? Um, and he's like, oh, these, you know, had to have been, it could have missed something human. So, yes, it's confirmed it's an unidentified life form. Yes, we've confirmed the thing we already knew. Yes. So Ichijo and Godai have a little bit more conversations like, what is, so the only thing we can really figure out is that every single time it's a swimming pool. Man. What is it about it? Think, think, think. Yeah. Think, think, think. Think, think, think. 
wait a minute. Wait a minute. Would you say it's a rhythmic pattern? That's not even a pun. They, they, that, that's me quoting the sub. Yeah. Right. Right. They actually and then go that. and then Ichijo has the wait a minute. You don't mean that one woman that was playing <laughs> the piano runs in and of course she's gone. Yeah. But they lift up the cover for the keys and every single one of the keys on the piano has little droplets of water on it. Yeah. Like a little puddle. So Ichijo's got to jam out and figure out what song it is. And luckily, yeah. he's a classical music connoisseur and knows. Well, fortunately, it's an extremely recognizable song from the first four notes. I mean, I guess also that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Ichijo calls Sagita to get the band back together and explain what's going on. Yeah, and we get we get a nice explanation of how the number of deaths refer to the notes. Like eight adults and sixteen children is eight eighth notes and sixteen quarter notes. Or no, it's what is it? Two victims is a half a note. Eight victims is an eighth note. So eight adults and sixteen children. Refer- represents an eighth note and a sixteenth note, which is a dotted quaver. Apparently, Ichijo knows a lot about music. <laughs> yeah, this is the part where I'm like, wow, okay, Ichijo. Yup. Apparently, he's a classically trained musician. Classically trained detective. Despite not having enough time for a girlfriend, apparently he has enough time to have extremely thorough musical scale knowledge. That's what he do- does instead of having a girlfriend. Plays the first four note, everyone realizes it's the revolutionary etude. And they're like, okay, so we just need to make sure that every single place that has any sort of swimming facility that starts with the next note, close them all. Yep. Didn't they already close all the swimming pools at this point? I think they did, but I think they now move towards beaches. Yeah. Well, it was, you could, well, that was the problem is they closed all the swimming pools, but there was the, still the, Mi Suzawa, or not, or the Mirage Hotel, which had a pool. Yeah. As long as there's a pool somewhere, or a body of water. Yeah, as long as there's water, there's a problem. And as it was established, it is extremely hot, so people are swimming. Yes. Yeah. And then we get to see our uh, Chinese dress woman show up at a pool. There's nobody there. She gets angry, crumples her... Sheet music. sheet music. Yeah. And then leaves. Would you say the concert was canceled? Yes. Garrett, yes, it was. stop it. No. <laughs> There's oh. no getting off this. Fuck, I could have made that a Huey Lewis and the news joke, and I and I just fucked up the words. <laughs> I'm so sad. go back sad. to uh, Minori and her friend. Minori's noticed that her friend's awake, and they have another conversation about the baby. Yep. They talk about the thesis for this episode again. Yes. The baby. And then it goes back to Anakita and John. Yeah, this is good until and Chris ruined it. Sorry? I, I, no. I don't think it's... Uh, I, li- I really think it's John just like, I've... I messed up badly with a kid. I don't want someone else to go through with I that. I think it was John had, like, that happened to hit his, him as a child. 
maybe. Because he basically gives Enikita a gift, and it's a book of paper craft. And he's yeah. like, you should do this with your son. Please do it with him. Right. And again, uh, as they do in the, our subs of the show, he's like weirdly demanding and condescending about it, which I'm assuming is not how he's supposed to sound. Probably not. I kind of took it as it's he's using a very simple version of Japanese. Like he's not using a, a, a bit of, you know, word grace that he could because he doesn't know Japanese as well as a natural speaker. That or uh, I do think he's just being like extremely blunt to make sure she understands. That's true. Uh, possible. Possible. It could be to like to emphasize that uh, to emphasize the point. Emphasize. Yeah, emphasize. Empathize with the point. Whatever. Points, underline, we're good. Right. He's like, it's good that you're it's good that you're focused on work, but your son probably feels really fucking lonely. Yeah. I just think he likes her and he wants her to be happy, and he thinks she'll be happy if she connects with her kid more. Maybe I don't see it. I mean we'll we'll see, I guess. I yeah, I don't see any religious or romantic connotation to it. But it may ju- it may be that you know he's, you are a friend and I want you to be happy and I think you should spend more time with your kids. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just the power ballad waiting to happen. <laughs> Maybe. But then we get Godai and Ichijo. Godai on his bike, Ichijo and his police car. Uh, get a bit a bit of information about. Okay, so all the police, all the pools are closed. We're gonna split up and go to different places and start looking at beaches. Yeah, which is good. Because that's, that's the water you can do. Go back to Pole Pole, where everyone's still kind of upset. Yep, and then Nana's mom calls. Yes. Or, or shop owner's sister. Because that's how families work. Yes. The owner in Sakurako have a nice little conversation about the fact that... Uh, Owner asked her mom to call because she hasn't really been the same ever since her teacher died, which, you know, fair, but she did have her own little like, oh, I'm not going to be just because you make that resolve doesn't mean it gets fixed immediately. Yeah. Like has been seen before. We we reaffirm the resolve. Yes. Nana has a conversation with her mom while Sakurako and owner look on worryingly. It's interesting because, I don't know, I feel like with their, they're like, oh, you have to resolve to do things. It's a little simplistic, but also the way they kind of explore characters having to, like, recommit themselves to things constantly when they, with, like, the help of the people around them is interesting. They just don't emphasize that that's what's happening, really. I think it, I, I, I think this, this set of things makes more sense with Nana. Yeah, a little uh, bit. Maybe. She finishes her phone call and she's like, you know, it's it's scary here, but I was the one that made the decision to come to Tokyo. I need to see it through. And not just run off. Yeah. And this is mirrored in uh, the scene with Minori and her friend, where her friend is talking about, you know, it's like, yeah, the wor- there's a lot of bad going on, but this world isn't such a bad place to be born into. Yeah. It's... It 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 is what it is. I mean, it's basically too long didn't read. There is no good time. Yeah, it'll never be the right time. So just do it. Just do it. Boy, that works on levels. It does, doesn't 
Yeah. If only there's like a some secret third way for it to work on a musical level. <laughs> nope. The theming oh, of this goodness. episode and the music bit are totally thematically unrelated. That's unfortunate. It's very much a living is hard. Life is There's hard. Not much can relate. Life is hard, but it's worth it in We're the end. We're all gonna die someday. <laughs> Nothing matters. Everything is pointless. Nothing has any inherent worth. Not even life. <laughs> so it's a liberating nihilism. Beach murder. Oh, it's, it's the thing of nothing. Nothing in this. Bleh, nothing has inherent worth. Not even life. Not unless we make it so. It's philosophy. I forget what philosophy that is. I don't remember. It's so. We finish a conversation about the baby. And Every time you say that, I'm like, beach. I'm like, I hate Metroid Other M. Stop making that joke. <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> why? Oh, were you doing a Metroid Other M bit? Oh, okay. Well, it's there is a prevailing joke. I about wrote it Metroid as Other M. Doing a Metroid Other M bit. Oh, where, <laughs> where it's most a lot of Samus's dialogue can be reduced down to the baby, the baby, the baby, the baby, oh, Captain. Yeah. Like, like, plot aside, I don't think that's even a, a good game. I actually really like Metroid Other M. Really? I, I don't think it plays yeah. well. I I liked it more than Super Metroid. Whoa. Yeah, Super Metroid is toward the bottom of my Metroid games list. Sorry. Whoa. We're going to have to have a talk <laughs> about this later. Hey, I'm... Hey. Whoa. No, I, I, I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear your opinions on why, just not right now. Yeah, podcast. Kuga. Get, <laughs> yeah. Beach murdering. Let's go. So, yes, uh, we go back to the Chinese dress woman walking along a beach looking very upset because her, her fun has been stopped because if nobody's at a pool, she can't do it to the notes. But oh, wait, it's. Is it the dancers from before? I don't know. I don't know. They could just be some kids. They, yeah. Some teens. But they, they've they got a boombox. They're listening to some music. And then one in, the, one in the water wants the ball, so we should throw him the ball. He gets the ball thrown, and then he's dead. Yep. And then the friends go in to help. And they're like, oh, man, we got to help this guy. And then, oh, here comes the monster. I don't know why she didn't just kill them all with her whip uh, when they were in the water. The whip was saved for Kuga. So I think, like, the whip comes from, like, the band on her leg. Yeah, she, and, like, um, has an ankle bracelet she takes off. But but she has two of them, and she didn't dual-wield whips, which I'm really disappointed about. All right. I, I see how she's a snake now that I'm looking at her again, but... I just want to talk about how cool dual-wielding whips would have been. It would I have agree. Been. Dual wielding whips is pretty awesome. Like I, I, I've been looking at a lot of D and D stuff recently because I've been playing again. But there's a setup where you can do a sneak attack rogue build with a whip. Ooh. And you actually get to like That's threaten cool. from range because whips have reach. That's neat. Yeah. It's it's but, extremely uh, silly and I love it. I think in Pathfinder there's like an archetype for it, like the whirling dervish or something like that. Oh, that's or, wait, sweet. is that the is that the scimitar one? There's one with I whips and scimitar. one with uh, scimitars. But uh, I'm not sure. 
Anyway, but, uh, D&D aside. Sh- she comes up out of the water. Everyone freaks out and runs away. She chases them out. She's like stalking them out of the water and going to smack them with her whip. And then Ichijo just shoots her. Yeah, with a sniper rifle. With the sniper rifle that he always has in his car, I'm assuming. Just in case he needs to shoot someone. Yeah. And uh, him and Godai have arrived. Godai charges, transforms into blue form. His staff Ichijo gets... Uh, gets Godai's staff gets like frozen during the fight, and it gets broken. Well, he 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 makes it from a set a set of driftwood. Yeah, but like he's smacking her while Ichijo is getting the people out, and then when she is, she introduces herself as Go Bemugi, Bemugi, and then she takes off her other anklet and makes a whip, and when she does so, she has like a bracelet that. Flashes like Kuga's gems do on his arms and oh, legs. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Like, the Garang, I think Kuga was a, the original Kuga may have been a Garang. They might be cut from, like, the same cloth in terms of, like, power. Probably, yeah. yeah. Or it was a Linto that was using the power of the Garang. I don't know. Both are good theories. Yep. But yes, as they're fighting, um, there are times that. Like, she'll wrap her whip around Kuga's weapon, and it causes it to freeze, and he tries to hit her with it, and it just shatters. But then... It's real good. It's pretty cool, yeah. But but then our favorite thing of the bitty-bitty happens, and he he gets gold, and then the staff has blades on it. Yeah. He turns into Darth Maul. (laughs) They, like, they do a thing of, oh, we're both gonna run towards the ocean and pose at each other. She tries to whip him, it goes, or she tries to whip him as he notices a piece of driftwood smack his foot. So it slows down as he kicks it up into his feet and does a front flip, dodging her. Yeah. And that, yeah, the piece of driftwood turns into like a, I mean, it's not long enough to be a Naginata, but it's like a short spear. Well, it's double-bladed, though. Yeah, it's double-bladed short spear. Right. And of course, Kuga does a leap and stab. Yeah, it's the same finisher as just regular blue form, but it makes more sense yep. now. Yeah. The uh the it, colors on his armor are also more saturated now, so you know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a much richer blue. Oh yeah. Um so then he wins and then it cuts to um which one call it? Uh Scarf Boy and Zoot Suit Riot Man. <laughs> yeah, no. That's that's a good name for him. Yeah, he he is a huge fan of Ska. <gasps> Zutsu Riot and Scarf Boy are watching Kuga and Ichijo. And Scarf Guy is kind of like frustratingly resetting the Albicus. Like, God fucking. Oh, man, I love how he resets it in anger. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, he like shakes it. It's very cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm choosing Scarf Guy. You know, there's a really good, uh, there's a really good Bakano AMV set to Zutsu Riot. It's a great pairing. That's good. And them walking off is the end of episode 28. Yeah. And well, then Godai hey. gives a thumbs up. Yep. As, As you do. he does. <laughs> that's his thing. Yep. And uh, that that's some Kuga. And yeah. the preview for next episode is the guy with a shot put. Yeah. Yeah. It also looks like return of um the guy who wanted to be a Grungi. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah. That guy. 
I wonder if it's he'll end up in motivation now. Probably. Yeah, probably. It looks like he's going to a job interview from the uh, the thing, or he's trying to get somewhere quickly. So I didn't expect him to come back. Same, but Akuga's really good at just bringing everybody back. Yes, so far. Every single character has been something, like, has been used multiple times. Yeah. Unless they're Garangi and die. True, unless they're dead. So yeah, we did it. We recorded an episode. Yep, we Ooh. we failed to not go two hours. Again. We're still under two hours right now. <laughs> Technically, at this point in time, we're under two hours. So we just gotta shoot the shit for another it, No. Oh. <laughs> so this has been Journey Through the Decacast. Please spend the next seven minutes <laughs> yelling at me about how wrong I am about Super Metroid. That's no, we're fine. doing that off air, because that's gonna take a while. Also, I don't want to... S- no, you're not wrong, it's just... You're not wrong. I'm very interested in hearing your opinion, yeah, though. I, I am interested in hearing your opinion. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, this has been Journey Through DecaCast. We are a podcast on the internet located at journeythroughdecacast.com. On the website, you'll find links to our network's Twitter at riceball underscore FM, uh, along with my Twitter, I think, is there, which is just at Chadro. And at some point, Chris's Twitter will be on there when I remember to do it. Yeah, you should put my Twitter on there in case... Yeah, just for reasons. I mean, yeah. Well, you want to say it right now so they can follow you if it's not there. It's Worm with Y. I haven't spelled that in a while, so I'll just go ahead. W Y R M W I T H W H Y. If you would like to go there. Yep. Um, if you're mostly going to get a lot of retweets. Yeah. I don't have a Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to dispute anything we said or just ask a question, our email is um, drainthroughduckcast at gmail dot com, which I still haven't created yet. God damn it, Gary. I, I do that after we're done. Yeah. Um, also, if you just like, do if you listen to the podcast and just want to say you listen to it, that'd be cool. Or if you just like Common Writer, I, I, I don't really know how much of an English Common Writer community there is. So shout us out, you know. Yeah. Um, say we say you exist. Prove your existence by emailing <laughs> us. Um, we should be back next week with a new something. I, I don't know what it's going to be yet. We'll figure we something out. We're going to either do Zio or Gagaga again. Probably. Um, Probably. Yeah. Um, we actually do. We do have an email. I've been I've been holding out on you guys. <gasps> oh, shit. Oh. What does it say? <laughs> um, do you want me to read it? I can read it. Yeah, sure. It's from it's from Fletch. Friend of the network, Fletch. Okay. <laughs> um. So it says, hey, y'all, a question hit me with x bringing doctor and gamer into the honorable list of uh, profession toku heroes have held in their civi- civilian life. What's one you'd most want to see mashed up with some sort of masked individual? I know it would never happen, but the mental image of Kamen Rider legal procedural has me cracking up right oh, now. Oh, okay. Fletch no, must I, be thinking along the same lines as me, because when we say Dr. Gamer, I immediately go to Trauma Center, which is strongly linked to Phoenix Wright in my mind. So I was going to say lawyer. Okay. And this continues with uh, um, Kamen Rider Bailiff, Kamen Rider Judge, and Kamen Rider Counsel palping into my head of obvious titles. Uh, the, the secret is that the... Uh, the Phoenix Wright movie. Oh God, what's the name of the guy who made that? Who directed that? Oh, I, I can't remember. The Phoenix Wright movie is really name. good, though. Yeah, oh you're talking God. about the live action one, right? Right. I'm forgetting his name because I'm an idiot. Holy shit. Oh, I. Mm, oh, I can't remember either. 
Okay, hold on. No, okay. I need to look it up. I'm not going to let our listeners I not want, know the name of this guy. I want a common writer whose day job is acting in a kid's Sentai show. I'm into it. Ooh, that's a good one. Takashi Miike. Okay, yeah. The uh, the live-action Phoenix Wright movie by Takashi Miike is, like, so ludicrous and out there that, like, it's kind of a tokusatsu movie already. I like, really like go- that movie, though. It's super good. I really like it. Like... It it, it it does kind of undersell Maya a little bit, but it does so much other weird stuff that, like, yeah, I can forgive it for that. Um, let's see. What profession would I want a common writer to have? Um, hmm. Huh. Hey, you can think about it for another, just, just about, <laughs> just about just two about minutes. Just about two minutes? Just about two minutes. Um... I want a common writer working at a movie theater. Common right, common writer good. librarian. Ooh, that's also good. Ooh. Isn't that just read or die? Yeah, I mean read or die is cool. I guess also I'd be like he could like fight with like classic literary characters, but didn't Ghost do something? Ghost kind like of that? does that already. Yeah, so you know, hey, eh, we'll figure it out. Later. Anyway, to foil the evil plot of this going on for two hours, this has just been a passing through podcast. Remember that. Good night, everybody. Have a good one.